Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of Meta Strategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest today is Tim Campos. Tim is the founder and chief executive officer of Woven, a company that takes your existing Microsoft Office or Google Calendar and enhances them. While scheduling and managing calendars can be a source of frustration for people, Woven provides the most advanced scheduling tools to simplify things. Prior to founding Woven, Tim was the chief information officer and vice president of technology at Facebook. In this interview, we discuss the genesis story of his company, the most successful go-to-market models for productivity software, and why Woven decided not to directly compete with Apple, Microsoft, or Google. We also discuss how Tim has built his team at Woven, how the chief information officer role prepared him for his current CEO role, and three elements that are needed to start a company successfully. Lastly, we discuss how Tim has managed during this time of crisis, his experience on boards, and a variety of other topics. Before we get to our interview, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. A famous VC points out that lack of clear foresight and failure of imagination resulted in many countries caught unprepared for the pandemic. This resulted in lack of basic essentials like PPEs, masks, gloves for medical staff, and that it is time to build. At Zoho, we understand development or build just doesn't happen anymore in the four walls of IT department. That is why we made Zoho Creator, a no-code, low-code development platform for business and IT folks alike. It is enjoyed by over 7 million users globally who have built 6 million apps and counting. Both small and large enterprises use it to do rapid development, iteration, and integration. Amazon uses Zoho Creator in their supply chain. Tesla runs their entire production on Zoho Creator. Another logistic customer of ours has shipped over 52 Boeing Dreamliners full of PPEs globally using Zoho Creator. On one hand, CIO's responsibility is to reduce risk technology poses to the business. But on the other hand, CIO's responsibility also includes unleashing value through powerful apps. Anyone with an idea, both in business and IT, can build cloud-native, mobile-ready apps using Zoho Creator. And yes, we agree with that VC. It is time to build. Thanks, Timothy. And now on to the interview. Tim Campos, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Thanks for having me, Peter. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I know. I've been looking forward to this conversation, especially looking forward to this conversation. The last time you and I were on the record together, we shared a stage at a Forbes conference in 2018, and it was still relatively early days for your company, Woven, a company that you had just founded, I guess, a year and a quarter or so, December or late 2016. Um, but now, as opposed to then, you, you, you have more that you can cover in terms of how the company has evolved and even the the areas that it focuses on, that seemed like a logical place for us to begin. Talk, talk a bit about Woven, if you would. 
No, thanks for um, again for having me here. And yeah, so um, Woven is a technology that a company that I founded to help people spend time uh, more effectively, help them spend time on what matters most. And the product uh, is uh, basically a, a, you can think of it as a calendar enhancement. It takes your existing Microsoft Office or a Google Suite calendar, and we help it do all the things that it can't do very effectively. A number of problems that people have, and in fact, in today's day and age, these um, these issues are becoming more prevalent. Um, starting with simple things like managing their work and personal lives, oftentimes those are in different calendars, and many times in different calendaring systems. Woven is very good at uh, bringing a single consolidated view of all of your time in, into one place. Um, scheduling uh, is a major problem for people when they start working with calendars. I want to meet with you, you want to meet with me, but we don't know when we can meet with each other. And Woven provides uh, probably the most advanced scheduling tools in the market uh, today to make it simple uh, to solve that problem. Um, and the, the third thing that we do is that, you know, it's very important. Um, time is the most valuable asset that we have. How you spend your time uh, it defines who you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a philanthropist or a CEO uh, or a software engineer or uh, a mom. Uh, your, how you spend your time really dictates who, what kind of person you are. And therefore, the decisions that we make on how, how to spend time and, and how we have been spending time um, are really important. And Woven makes it easier for people to see um, how their time has been allocated and help them make better decisions on that moving forward. So that's what we do. Um, and uh, we've been really excited that uh, some of the things that uh, we've been working on have now gone from being uh, you know, important to incredibly important, mm -hmm. uh, which has made us quite busy. Um, so really, really exciting time for us. Very exciting indeed. And congratulations. Uh, before we get to the, the last part of your point, I'd love to actually understand the, the genesis of the idea. You, you explain quite well the importance of the idea and how, you know, wh why you believe this to be um, a relevant offering to everything from from moms to uh, to CEOs, um, uh, and I wonder, you know, talk a bit about how the idea occurred to you. What was it about the way in which you were managing your own calendar, or others were doing so for you, or perhaps discussions with others that led to this as an opportunity you wish to pursue? Yeah, it's it started while I was at Facebook, and um, one of the things that Facebook. Uh, does as part of their employee engagement uh, survey uh, that they uh, do twice a year is they ask a question, how much time are you spending on the things that you love? And that number was going down for me uh, in 2015 uh, and, and really it started to accelerate in 2016, which is in part what motivated me to think about doing something different, which is why I created Woven. But it also really got me thinking about the issue of time. Why was it that I was... Um, why, why was it that this was the case? How was I spending my time? And I was just kind of amazed at how hard it was to answer that question. Uh, it's a relatively basic thing. And I couldn't go to my calendar and say, how much time am I spending on one-on-ones? How much time am I spending uh, working on strategic things versus tactical things? How much time am I spending in my, you know, at work versus in my personal life? Uh, every time I asked a question like that, it just generated a lot of work for somebody. Uh, and uh, that wasn't helping me get the information that I needed. On top of that, part of my solution to spending less time on the things that I don't want to is to delegate, right? To delegate things to my staff. And I had a very, very capable executive assistant. But my EA was 
spending 80 to 90% of their time scheduling for me, just managing that part of the calendar. And so this seemed to me to be a, an area that was ripe for disruption. I'm thinking, hey, it's 2016. You know, we're in the age of artificial intelligence, natural language processing. Uh, I, we already have the beginnings of what would eventually become a self-driving car and all this stuff. And yet the calendar is such a uh, burden for us it, uh, that there has to be something better. And I didn't find it in the marketplace. And so I decided to go off and create it. So that's ultimately what motivated this uh, decision to go build Woven. And talk a bit about how you've thought about the go-to-market with this. Who do you see, as you, as you mentioned, the potential appeal is to anyone, anyone who has a calendar and is man- managing tasks, which applies to most of humanity. Um, how have you thought about unrolling this? Uh, are there certain I- industries that have been areas of focus? Um, have you been focused mostly in your immediate surroundings in Silicon Valley? Uh, talk a bit about that. Peter, This is <laughs> you get straight to the point. This is the toughest part of this. Um, this business, uh, it does, you know, there, there's some technical challenges that most people don't fully uh, appreciate that make building a system that is involved with the calendar very, very hard. But the go-to-market is the challenge. Uh, you got a couple, couple of challenges here. One is that, um, you know, you've, you've got uh, very large entrenched players. So, you know, Microsoft and Google, uh, which is how most people use their calendars. There's also quite a bit of Apple users. Uh, people use Apple's calendaring solution. And so uh, you don't want to take those guys head on, right? That's not that's not the goal of the company, right? We're trying to make the calendar better. We're not trying to somehow replace their business. Um, but uh, the other hand is that calendars have very, very strong network effects. Um, so part of why companies use whatever they use uh, is because everybody needs to be using the same thing. So how do you overcome uh, the network effect to bring up a, a product to market that uh, – uh, can provide incremental value. And so uh, this uh, led us to think about a couple of, of approaches to market. Um, we knew that um, you know, the, the way that people meet is uh, an important vector into this, that uh, you know, if we can get uh, certain people using the product, that uh, that would get other people using the product. For example, you get a CEO using the product and their staff is more likely to use it. Um, but uh, what we found just looking at the market is that there was uh, an even stronger dynamic for productivity software that we had to pay attention to. And this is really spearheaded by Slack and Zoom um, and also to some degree Dropbox. And you could even throw Evernote in here. Uh, they are the most successful productivity software to come to market that didn't come from Microsoft or Google. And how do they do it? N- none of them were successful by going to uh, my former brethren, uh, the CIO of the company, and said to say, "Hey, you should use Slack. Get everybody to um, to now use it." Uh, Slack adoption grew from the ground up. People would would say, "Hey, this is a better way for our team to communicate and collaborate." And then eventually, more and more people would use it, and Slack would have a reason to come talk to the CIO to go buy an enterprise uh, account. Um, Zoom did the exact same thing. In fact, Zoom has an even more striking comparison because there is a version of Zoom that was really built for the enterprise first. That's called BlueJeans. And we were very big BlueJeans users at Facebook. Um, so BlueJeans was very much a tops-down, sell-to-the-CIO approach. Zoom was about, let's build a better video conferencing experience and get everybody to use it. And then eventually, those people will tell the CIO to buy Zoom. Uh, the latter has been the successful model. 
In fact, every single successful productivity um, software that has come to market in the last five years has followed this bottoms-up approach. Let the users pick you, build a product that they will love, and then that will help uh, lead you to the business opportunities. So to cut a long story short, that's the approach that we're taking. We've built Woven initially for the individual um, to solve your productivity problems, to help your scheduling issues, not uh, you know, trying to solve the problem for the entire organization yet. Um, and uh, as we scale and expand, um, our users are helping us to get more users. They um, have people that they meet with a lot and scheduling is a problem. And the scheduling experience is good with Woven. It's even better when everybody's a Woven user. So they help attract more people into the platform. The collaboration experience works when everybody is uh, a Woven user. So uh, our users are helping to lead the way for us and to help us uh, essentially replicate what uh, Slack and, and Zoom have pioneered on this front. That's great. Um, talk a bit about the the technology behind it. You mentioned you're part of a broader ecosystem, and in many ways, it's it, it requires that you work with the incumbents uh, and work well across calendars, personal, professional. You know, Microsoft to Google to Apple, as you mentioned before. Uh, you you mentioned um, incorporating aspects of AI and NLP into the offering. Also, talk a bit about you know, at least in layman's terms, and 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 in brief, um, how the technology makes it work. So there were uh, two uh, seemingly contrary uh, insights into what, what is necessary for a calendar. The first is that part of the reason why calendars have not evolved very effectively is because it's not because of the, the UI. It's not because somebody hasn't been able to come up with a, a better looking calendar uh, user interface. It's that the data that they're operating on is incomplete. It's a backend problem to be to cut a long story short. So we knew that we needed to build a very capable backend. On the flip side, um, we also know that Microsoft and Google, and to some degree Apple, have a stronghold on the market. And so it is futile to bring a product to market that is somehow competitive with them. It has to coexist um, for many different reasons, and um, not the least of which is just making it work for our users. So the first bit of technology was to build this backend, this backend that has the ability to create a single consolidated view of events that we have. And it's kind of like Facebook, to be quite frank. It uses a lot of the same architectural concepts that Facebook had. It's a graph. It, it understands that this moment in time is shared by you and me. And so it, uh, even though you have a calendar entry and I have a calendar entry, uh, there is a connection between the two. Uh, and so, uh, and we do this by building this um, very rich, very advanced graph and part of how we do it is we do it in coexistence with Microsoft and Google. We, we synchronize with their technology. So they get to continue to operate as the underlying calendar. We just complete it by stitching those calendar events together for everybody else. So to cut a long story short, um, you know, the, the technology uh, allows us to um, do very advanced things like um, make it very easy for people to share their availability with others, make it very easy for people to collaborate on collect uh, calendaring events, like to coordinate a time or to have a group of people vote on times for when uh, this, uh, this next meeting can occur. But it does it in a way where it doesn't disrupt people's existing data ecosystems. It doesn't require them to sort of move away from Microsoft and Google. They get to stay where they are. 
Um, and uh, that has been uh, complex to build, but now that it's in place and it's functional, it makes it really easy for people to come into the platform because they don't have to leave where they're at. They just have to press a button and now they've taken their existing calendars and they've just wovenized them. They've made them much richer and more intelligent. And now they can take advantage of, you know, smart meeting invites and smart titles and smart uh, scheduling things that woven does that will automate their workflow uh, and save them time, but with not, without having them have to, to leave where they're at. Talk, talk a bit about the team you've built, Tim, um, as you've, as you've built out the company, um, where have you chosen to add skills, uh, and you know, how have you, how have you crafted a team? Uh, there's a couple pieces. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned, uh, especially at Facebook, I, I'm an engineer by trade. So I started my career this way, but, um, you know, two companies I worked at that had phenomenal engineering, I think it may be even three, Sybase, Silicon Graphics, and Facebook. Um, and Facebook, of the three of them, really helped me appreciate that a uh, very strong engineering team, a very strong en- engineer, um, is literally worth their weight in gold. Um, I-, I actually used to calculate what the net profit was for a software engineer at Facebook versus the, uh, you know, what the average weight of a human being would be um, for that age. And uh, I-, I-, I literally was able to calculate what the... Uh, that 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 statement was true that the engineers that we were hiring were literally worth uh, their weight in gold um and so we've tried to do the same thing we've hired the best engineers that we can some of them came from facebook some of them came from places uh, you know like google and linkedin and microsoft but really really strong people um that can deal with this very esoteric very arbitrary thing called time time is complicated to to think about and understand um beyond that we've uh, wanted to invest in design. Design is critical in today's day and age. If we're going to build a product that people love, we have to design it well. So we hired one of the earlier designers um, at Google, a gentleman who'd been there for a dozen years and worked on everything from Google Hangouts to YouTube to other things. And uh, you know, he's been a core asset uh, of the company to help us just create excellence. And now what our focus is, is on marketing. How do we tell our story? And again, we've gone after the best that we can get. Uh, and uh, so our marketing team has really become a, a real um, asset of the company. And, and uh, as we move forward, uh, we're going to have to continue to expand and in other innovative areas, customer service. This is a premium product and people need to feel like they're being taken care of. So they want the best support and best service that they can get. Um, eventually we'll have to have, you know, very good business development and sales so that we can turn the value that we provide to people into good relationships with uh, businesses and individuals uh, that will create a successful business here. Um, those things are sort of on their way. Uh, the other things are things that we've already had to start building, but that's been the approach. Um, and with time, uh, you know, woven has evolved from, uh, you know, product to business and uh, hopefully uh, powerhouse. You know, that's the, <laughs> the next thing, ecosystem that people can uh, really uh, see as the place to go when we want to help individuals and eventually companies and businesses optimize time. You, uh, Tim, you've spent, you've alluded to the fact that you spent time as an engineer at uh, companies like Sybase and Silicon Graphics. You spent four years as the CIO of KLA 10 Core uh, before nearly six and a half as the CIO of Facebook. And I'm curious, um, 
you know, you're part of a growing group, but though still a pretty elite one uh, to go from the ranks of chief information officer to founding a company um, and, and, and being the CEO of that company. And I, I, you've alluded to some of the, the advantages um, of your time at Facebook that you've incorporated into the lessons of it, the, the, the value of a great engineer, the, uh, the graphical way of, of setting up the technology uh, here, just as you did at Facebook, et cetera. But talk a bit about the role of, of CIO, uh, at least as it was uh, implemented by you, uh, and the advantages of having held that position now as a CEO and founder. Well, I certainly I'm in the business of a technology company. And so having to, to build a technology company, you have to have some understanding or, or depth in uh, technology, which clearly CIOs do because they're at the center of it for their companies. But um, the other side of the CIO role, which I think is directly relevant here, is that CIOs are business leaders, you know, much more than VPs of engineering or CTOs. The CIO's job is to translate a business objective into a technology strategy, whether that's making your company more efficient or helping to lead the digital transformation of that organization or minimize risk or some degree of all of the above, um, optimize supply chain. Every company now has at least one, sometimes three or four critical business objectives that they need enabled through technology. And that's what they give to their CIO. And if they've hired the right people, the CIO is leading the charge on that for the business. And um, that understanding of the business has been a key part of my uh, success, both as a CIO and now as a CEO. I'm, I'm, I've, it's given me a very well-rounded perspective. Having worked at KLA and Facebook as a CIO, I understood the finance uh, strategy of those uh, businesses. I understood, um, you know, what was the deal thesis for every single acquisition that we did and what were the critical objectives that needed to be enabled to uh, achieve those deal theses? Um, what is the, uh, the hiring strategy or the, um, the service strategy um, for, uh, in the case of KLA Tencor? And, and how is that tied to the success of the business? Why is that important? And how does automation and technology feed into that? So understanding these different aspects of the business helped me you know, be very, very well-rounded as a leader. Um, and now then as a CIO, I'm able to use a lot of these same skills to, uh, to run my own company. Uh, you know, fundraising uh, is eerily similar to what it's like to go get funding as a CIO, right? You know, you have to go talk to people who have money and get them to willingly give it to you when they may not necessarily be predispositioned when you walk in the door to do it. Uh, so, you know, venture capitals are, capitalists are not that much different from CFOs. They want to see numbers. They want to see business strategy. They want to see that risk is mitigated. Um, and, you know, these are things that CIOs know really, really well, because we have to do it, you know, every year, sometimes twice a year, sometimes every quarter, just to keep our budgets flowing. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing is, you know, when you get into, uh, you know, recruiting, it's sometimes hard, especially at a company like Facebook, and even uh, certainly at a company like Kaylee Tenkor, how do you attract the best talent into your organization? We got to tell a story that's compelling. You know, Kaylee Tencor is not going to hire the best IT people because it's going to pay them the most because that's not its business strategy. So you need to have another reason why you're going to work at Kaylee Tencor in the IT department because we're doing some amazing things that nobody else has done before. 
Same thing on Facebook. I had a different problem. If we were going after the best technical resources, well, we had a competitor inside the company who would uh, be quite willing to steal them, which is the engineering department. And so rather than fight that, we joined it and we said, let's just be better than uh, many of them in telling a story of why IT or engineering in IT at Facebook is actually um, you know, as interesting or more interesting than working on WhatsApp or Instagram uh, or Facebook Messenger. And so we did that. And so we became very good at appealing to things other than just the, um, you know, the, the basics of, you know, the job, the company name and the salary, right? The, uh, you know, what's, what's the mission of this organization? Why is it important? And we're doing the exact same thing at Woven, right? You know, we are hiring engineers. We're asking them to take a risk on the company and with to take um, some of their compensation and equity that you know we're private. We who knows what it's going to be valued. And, um, and in order to do that effectively, you have to be really good at appealing to people's hearts and uh, not just their their minds and their intellect. And so we've been good at that. Um, working with customers is very similar uh, to what it's like working with customers as a CIO. Again, you have to influence them. You have to understand what their problems are and translate that into, okay, what is my product going to do for you? Um, and uh, so all those things are similar. And I feel like the CIO role has actually done a fantastic job of preparing me for uh, the CEO role. Um, I'd say that a couple things that, um, you know, are ingredients in addition to that, which are more character attributes. Um, one is, um, you know, willingness to take risks. You know, some CIOs are in roles where that's kind of hard to do and it doesn't necessarily reinforce that character attribute. Uh, I've always had that as who I am as an individual. It's led me to do things that have helped in my career, but have also been uncomfortable at the time. Um, Definitely, you got to have that in order to be um, a CEO of a startup. Like you, you got to be willing to take big, 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 scary risks. Um, you know, and uh, I think a second thing is 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 courage. Um, you know, you, you it takes courage to do that stuff. Uh, tenacity is also really important. You got to be willing to keep trying. You know, startups they don't usually have linear outcomes. It's not like. Uh, you know, Zoom um, started off and every year just or every every quarter added 20% to its user base and then just got bigger and bigger. It was very, very flat for them for a long time. And then all of a sudden in 2016, 2017, it really starts to accelerate, you know, thanks to what's happened this year in 2020 with uh, uh, the COVID outbreak, they have become a household name. Um, but those things almost literally happened overnight. Uh, they, After a long, long slog of doing a lot of work to build your company, so that takes tenacity and perseverance. You have to be willing to sort of put up with long periods of time without necessarily an incremental reward. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in balance, uh, I don't know how I would have been, uh, uh, I, you know, if I look back at my career, I, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I had as a CIO and how they have prepared me for um, to be a CEO. Yeah, what a great, great explanation and a great overview of the of the if if uh, if one is aware of the advantages and takes advantage of the the strategic perch that the CIO position has within a, 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 a enterprise structure, the advantages that they can then translate forward to to opportunities like the one that you pursued. You mentioned so as we are at least doing this interview, we're in the throes of the um, the coronavirus uh, pandemic and the uh, the the economic downturn that it created. Um, 
be curious about just leading through these times, perspectives that you have. You mentioned this has been an unusually busy time for you. Um, I know you wouldn't wish this to be the reason for, for the busyness, but as now more people are separated from their teams, uh, mandated to be separated from their teams and finding ways to be productive creatively and and uh, taking friction out of the system wherever they can, it would seem to play well to an offering like yours. Um, talk a bit about uh, managing through these times and how you, how you and the team are doing. Jim Collins, he's one of my heroes, and I, I had an opportunity to meet with him a couple of times as uh, the CIO of, of Facebook. And one of his books, um, I think it's great by choice, uh, that he studies this, this uh, idea of does luck matter? Um, and in, in classical Jim Collins uh, uh, fashion, you know, he does, does this empirically. So he comes with what's the definition of luck and how do we measure it? And how do we look at companies that were good, had good luck and companies that were bad, had bad luck. And to cut a long story short, or at least to get to the core idea that I really love from this book, it's that luck doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you have good luck or ma- uh, bad luck. What matters is when uh, big things happen, whether they're big, amounts of good luck or big amounts of bad luck, how you respond to them. This COVID outbreak is bad luck in, for the most part, right? You know, it's an economic downturn. It is uh, it's certainly changing our lives as individuals, as a society. Um, it has been, um, you know, physically, uh, you know, horrible for, for many affected people. And, um, but we can't just dwell on that. We have to you know, really think about what's the silver lining here? What's the opportunity? And let's grasp onto that. So for Woven as a business, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at, okay, things have just gotten hard. Uh, certain aspects of our business, um, like you know, experimenting on a paywall and experimenting with the economic side of things are probably going to be a lot harder right now. But that doesn't matter because there's some other things that are going to be really important. People need to work from home. People need better tools to coordinate their time. They need, they're doing all these Zoom meetings. They need better systems to set up the Zoom meetings and make sure that they don't stomp on, you know, have multiple overlap uh, from, you know, one Zoom room to the next. Um, So there's all these different solutions for us to provide in this if we just think about it and, um, you know, and adapt our product strategy and our business strategy to the, the times at hand. And that's what we've been, uh, you know, we're trying to do. We actually created a, um, a channel in our uh, internal Slack group called uh, Lemonade. Uh, and the purpose of Lemonade is to brainstorm new ideas um, that are coming from the, the societal changes that we're all being thrust into. So COVID-19 is a bunch of lemons, but can we make lemonade out of it? So that's that's how I've been thinking about this. I like that. Thank you for for that that uh, that analogy and the way in which you applied it. Um, you are also a uh, on the board of a couple of companies since 2014. You you've been on the board of Yavi, uh, a billion dollar network test measurement and assurance technology company, uh, and since 2017 uh, on the board of Rackspace. And I know you can't get into the specifics of what you're covering in your board meetings, but these must be really um, active times as a board member. And I wonder if you can, at least in general terms, talk a bit about um, being on a board during these times and some of the vicissitudes of, um, you know, the, the complications related to doing so, which is the time of, of COVID-19. Yeah, I think that um, uh, one of the big challenges is that uh, this is a shock. It's an economic shock. And um, that changes business conditions, which changes business strategy. And you have to adapt to it. 
uh, the number one ingredient, and this is kind of a, going back to Jim Collins, this is Jim Collinsism, is leadership. Leadership matters, uh, and this is the also the number one job of the board is to make sure that uh, you know you have the right CEO and leadership team uh, behind him or her uh, to uh, to drive your company. Um, fortunately for both uh, Viavi and Rackspace, um, we have we made those uh, investments. We made them. Early when it was painful and difficult, um, it went through leadership transition uh, at Viavi that led us to the current CEO, who's just phenomenal. And similar things with Rackspace, um, leadership transition uh, that led us to the current CEO. So we've had the right leadership in place. Uh, then you got to do what we talked about earlier. You got to look for what's the business opportunity. For a uh, business like Viavi, um, you know, they're going to have a, a short-term uh, set of challenges on on things that are more tied to consumer electronics, but maybe a, uh, it could accelerate the transition to five G, and um, it can accelerate the uh, you know changes in networks because so many people are working from home. Um, so you know, Viavi has choices and options and ways that they can invest more in the things that are more relevant for the markets today. Um, if they're willing to take the adjustment uh, in, in other places, whatever that means for them. Same thing with uh, Rackspace. You know, you, the cloud service providers have seen actually quite an, an uptick um, thanks to a lot of online digital technologies getting uh, you know, increased adoption. So this has actually been uh, a, a great opportunity for Rackspace to, to capture that growth. Uh, they just need to make sure that they adapt their go-to-market, their marketing message, how they engage with customers because they can't necessarily go to their site and meet with them in some cases. Um, and if they're able to do that quickly, uh, they can turn this, um, you know, this this challenge into an opportunity. Uh, and they can do it in a way which really is better for everybody. You know, it's it's better for society when businesses are efficient and healthy, and that's part of what both Rackspace and Viavi. Do so. This isn't just about you know taking advantage for selfish purposes. It's actually really better for all of us. Um, and uh, so it really comes down to leadership and that mindset of let's find the silver lining, which is interesting. I should give your your uh, listeners credit. You actually mentioned that to me, and at the beginning of our calls, we were prepping for this, and I really appreciate uh, people who have that mindset because it's critical in today's day and age. Yeah. Well, Tim, thanks so much. I appreciate you taking time with me today, sharing a bit about your experience now as a as a founder and CEO of your own business. I wish you all the best uh, in its continued growth. Uh, and thank you so much for telling a bit more about your story. It's been, been a great conversation. Thank you for having me again. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Monday when my guest will be Pascal Boyard, the Chief Information Officer of Commonwealth Bank of Australia.